Thank you very much for ministering in music. Good to see mom and daughters singing together. <coughs> Age probably takes its toll in the sense that you live and you learn along the way. So as an older guy, I'm saying to you that if you have a mother who is living and there's something you want to say to her before she passes into eternity, don't wait. <coughs> Tell her why you can. I guess I was reminded of that recently, perhaps in a different way. I remember sitting in the hospital talking to Jim Mushaw and I said, Jim, there's just a couple things I want to tell you. I know you don't have a lot of time left. And I shared some things with him. And one day I was talking to Gene, and I said, Gene, you know your time is limited. There's some things I want to tell you before you pass on. And I'm just encouraging you, if your mother is living, you want to share something to her. I did that with my mom quite a few years ago. That doesn't mean I don't talk to her. <laughs> but uh, you know, I said some things that I wanted to say to her because we never know. So we think about Mother's Day. I think about mothers in Scripture. And you can look at mothers in Scripture and you can become discouraged or you can be encouraged. Depends on what mother you look at. But in the last year, I was reading the newspaper, The Times Leader, and they had the account of a couple that could not have children and they wanted children. And the fact that they could not have children was not so alarming to me, but the way they chose to go about it was that they obtained a teenager, and the husband was going to be involved and was involved with the teenage girl sexually while his wife was present seeking to bury child in that way and that came out and the law got involved. And as I read that account, I thought, hmm, that's not good. But then I also had to stop and think about Scripture, how God in grace worked in biblical history. It was Sarah, Abraham's wife, who suggested to Abraham that since she could not have children, she would have a child by her handmaid. And we know that Ishmael came from that union. It was some years later that Jacob's wife, Rachel, who was barren at the time, said, Jacob, I cannot have children, so you take my maid and have a child by her. But yet in grace, Peter holds up Sarah as a woman who is to be modeled after and how she responded to her husband. And the issue is the inside, the character development that takes place. And in the context of girls and women and mothers, not looking for a response, but who are your heroes? Godly women in history who walk with God. Godly women today who walk with God. Mothers, what are your desires for your children as they grow up as 
your grandchildren become adults. This morning, I just want to look at some characteristics of mothers, whether it be mothers, whether it be girls, whether it be young ladies that they should be desiring to build into their life. And I emphasize the word desire. I don't want you to think about, have I arrived as a girl, as a young lady, or as a mother? But I want you to think more about, am I on the correct path? And is my desire to be on the correct path? And just moving along. No comparison. Don't say I'm better than someone else. I'm not as good as someone else. Just think about, am I on the correct path? And let's take our Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 31. And you may say, Pastor, I already know that. Well, we're not going to discuss the entire chapter. But one verse at the end of Proverbs and one at the end of Ecclesiastes. In Proverbs chapter 31, we find that in verse 10, he says, A wife of noble character who can find, she is worth far more than rubies. But skip down to verse 30. Proverbs 31, 30. Charm is deceptive. And beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. (coughs) A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. The next book in the Bible is Ecclesiastes. Turn to the last chapter of Ecclesiastes. In Ecclesiastes, the writer, over and over again, says, Always vanity, always vanity. And he talks about pleasure, he talks about work talks about money and so on. But when he comes to the end of the book, he says in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 13, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Always vanity, but he says, fear God and keep his commandments. I would encourage you, as girls, as young ladies, as mothers, to desire to be sensitive to the Godhead. All three persons of the Godhead were involved in creation. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. They're all three involved in salvation, people coming to Christ. They're also all three involved in walking with God. Just a desire to be sensitive to the Godhead. That involves fearing God. A reverence for God, a respect for God. Displayed in an obedience to God. Sarah is held up as one to model your life after but we know that Sarah had difficulties and struggles and trials along the way. But apparently her heart, her desire was in correct order. To know Christ. Philippians 3, verse 10. Paul says, I want to know Christ. 
The power of his resurrection, the fellowship of sharing in his suffering, and somehow being like him in his death. Just to know Christ. To experience him, just to be acquainted with him. So you get the meal ready for the kids, and uh, they all whine and groan and complain because you have asparagus. I say that because that's not my favorite food. Just to know Christ in the midst of that, responding in, in light of knowing Christ. By the way, my mother had to know Christ with, in relation to asparagus. She would go out to get asparagus and she wouldn't find any growing, but she could see that they sh- it should be growing. She didn't find this out for a long time, but every time I would mow the yard, you know what happened. It was right along the edge. So she had to know Christ you know, to keep her cool when I told her that. But knowing Christ and then just walking in the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5 talks about Don't walk in the flesh, but walk in the Spirit. You say, what's walking in the Spirit? Just thinking thoughts about Christ because the Spirit of God points us to Christ. Just walking in the Spirit, seeking to have a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. As we, as you mothers, girls, young ladies, seek to be sensitive to the Spirit, to Christ, and to God, God works in your life. Because your desire is to be sensitive to the Godhead. You say, I get off the path sometimes. Yes, that's life. But just desire to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Secondly, desire to be pure. Take your Bibles and go to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. Peter is writing to saints who are going through persecution, going through difficulty. And he basically is telling them how to live in the midst of difficulty. And it's not too much different than living when there's no persecution. In the context, he talked about being submissive to God. He's talked about being submissive to rulers and to masters. He gives the example of Christ who did not respond. No, when... He went to the cross, but entrusted himself to his father. And in chapter 3, in verse 1, Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands. And again, he's talking in the context, just like you're submissive to God, you're submissive to rulers. He says, Wives, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. A desire to be pure. A desire to be reverent. Talking desire, we can choose our desires. I'm not talking about how well you do. I'm not talking about how you measure up to anyone else. Just a desire. And the idea of impurity comes from the same word as holy. And the idea is freedom from contamination. Just a desire to be pure. But he also says a desire to be reverent. And the idea of reverence is respect. 
or to give way too courteously. Lord, I want to be pure. I want to be reverent. Now, something really hits me hard in the context. Notice what he says. So that if any of them do not believe the word, that is the husband, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. A wife has a tremendous impact upon her husband by how she lives and how she responds. And he says, when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. I observed a mother for years as I was growing up. Dad and mom did not argue, at least not in front of their children. I rarely saw my dad and mom angry at each other. I'm not saying they never were, they just weren't in our presence. But I could sense very, very quickly when there was tension. Now, things just weren't quite right. But I observed repeatedly a mother who responded to my father when I know she was fit to be tied, ready to lash out at him, and responded without words, impurity and reverence. I also have observed times when she didn't do that. <laughs> they were quite rare. But I noticed the impact upon my father. Desiring just to be pure, to be reverent, to be moving in that direction. The writer goes on in verse 3, Your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as braided hair and the wearing of gold, jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abram, or Abraham and called him her master. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Desire for a gentle <clears throat> and a quiet spirit. Not comparing yourself with someone else, but a desire for God to build it into your life. And the idea of gentle is accepting dealings from others, from God, and just life in general as useful and profitable. Thus, one does not demand, in this case, does not demand her rights. A husband responds in a certain way, kids respond in a certain way, and others... I will accept this as being useful and profitable. A gentle spirit.
has a tremendous impact. But being on that path, not comparing yourself with someone else, not saying I don't display that often, but am I on the correct path? I desire to be on the correct path. But he says a gentle spirit. And then he uses the word quiet. Quiet is tranquil, peaceful, not a source of contention. If you talk to my mother and you want to tell her that I used her as an example, you can. I remember after I graduated from high school and I went off to college, Dad realized that he could not do farming the way he did it before because my older brother Orv married and he was not working in the farm. My brother Bob, he went off to school and he got married and third son is off and going to school and basically told Dad that I wasn't going to be coming back to the farm. So it left Ron and my dad and Dad decided he was going to get wiser as he get older. We used to go to the silo. We would climb the silo. We would throw down a silage. We would shovel the silage, put it in the trough. Dad decided he was going to build a silo with a silo unloader. No, you don't have to climb up the silo. You stand and push a button. And he was also going to put a feeder in that the, fee, the silage automatically went to the cattle. And I said to Dad, you're getting lazy in your older age. He said, no, I'm getting wiser. But the reason I bring that up is silo is not expensive. Or I mean not cheap, it's very expensive. Dad decided he was going to sell off 90 acres of timber land. Use that money to build the silo, add to the barn, and put in the feeder. I said to Mom one time, what do you think of Dad's decision? She didn't say a lot. Her basic response was, I gave my input and I left it at that. And I let dad make the, you know, let your father make the decision. I saw in mom, at times, a quiet spirit. Not always, but at times. I think that was her heart's desire, and I think that's her heart's desire to this day, to have a gentle and a quiet spirit. But it's not something that happens overnight, just a desire to be on that path. I think another desire coming from Scripture in First Peter, or I'm sorry, First Timothy chapter 2, is just a desire to be modest. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul speaks to husbands, to men, I should say, you know, that they should lift up holy hands in prayer. And then he says in verses 9 and 10, I also want women to dress modestly with decently, decency and propriety, not with braided hair or gold or perils or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. Modest, decency, propriety. 
And then he says, you know, not with braided hair, golden pearls, and so on. And the whole idea behind modesty is just whatever's appro- appropriate or proper. And then the idea of a- outward appearance does not draw the eyes that should be eyes or attention of people to your outer appearance. No, that's the idea. There's a growing confidence in one's character in Christ, not merely the outward appearance. A confidence of worth in Christ. I'm not here to tell you what modesty is. I think mom and dad many times need to determine that for children. But then women, as they get older, determine for themselves. But a desire just to be modest. <coughs> for you gals and ladies, because of the world in which we live, if you must use your body to attract men, you will have to use it to keep them. They desire your body, not you. Bodies age, but the character should develop. And I say that gently, but strongly. We live in a world that basically sells everything under the sun by selling bodies. Peter's admonition would be a gentle, a quiet spirit, an inner beauty. And I think the thrust of Proverbs 31 is also an inner beauty. I say this to you fathers. Love your daughters. It is the best protection against your daughter seeking a male's attention through her body. Help them develop character. So we think about desires, desiring to experience the Godhead, desiring <clears throat> purity, reverence, desiring a gentle and quiet spirit, desiring modesty. Think about some applications in that context. We discussed four, not five. The five desires discussed this morning take time to develop. They're not instant. I love to observe older people. Especially older people who have walked with God for years. And in this context, we're discussing young women and girls and mothers this morning to observe an older woman who has a depth of character and she gets more beautiful every year because of character. Just having a desire to walk with God. She blows it, she fails at times, but because of her sensitivity to the Spirit, she handles it and God builds into her life qualities that just take time. There's no instant Godliness. It takes time. A 
My mother's going to turn 90 in August if she tarries that long. I was thinking about mom the last couple of weeks, and I thought, I see mom still developing character. She's almost 90. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. She's not a dog. And godliness is not a trick. She's just walking with God. She desires to. I've seen her get pretty hot at times. But a development that just took almost 90 years to be where she is. God honors desire and works in us as we desire godly qualities. God, as a gal, as a young lady, as a mother, as a woman, as an older woman, I just desire to know and experience the Godhead. I desire to be pure and reverent. I desire to be gentle and quiet. I desire to display modesty. Those are my desires. He works in our lives. Our culture has fashion shows to present the latest in styles. They focus on the outside. Girls, young ladies, and women, perhaps you need frequently to have an inner fashion show that holds up inner beauty. And I would encourage you as parents, as grandparents, to discuss with your daughters and your granddaughters what inner beauty is and encourage them along that line, not focusing very much on the outward, but on the inner. Ruthann has asked me numerous times, why did you date me? And the other day I said, I called her, I was in my study, and I said, honey, I think I finally figured out why I dated you. You say, after all these years, you figured it out. Well, I know initially response was, I didn't see any of the girls that I wanted to buy their box. It was a box social, you know. I didn't want to eat with any. I knew all the rest. I didn't know her. So I thought, she's not terrible looking. So <laughs> I get myself in trouble, I know. So I'll buy her box. I bought her box. You know, it's a box social. The late girls made boxes and guys bought them. We ate together, and uh, she was shocked when I stopped by one time. I said, you know, will you go on a date with me? You know, she didn't understand. I thought she was pretty. But it went beyond that, I realize now, as I look back. There was a simple love for God and a desire to know Christ and to walk in the Spirit. That was in the infant stages of being developed. And that continued to attract me. Along with some other things. We'll stop with that. Maybe another application in light of our discussion this morning is spend adequate time in front of the mirror of God's Word. Just a thought. It's not listed on the uh, wall. What if you spend as much time in the mirror of God's Word 
as you did shopping and in the mirror, the literal mirror. And you said, God, I desire what you desire. A question, not looking for a response. Are you as concerned about your inner beauty as you are about your outer beauty? If you're a young girl, if you're a young lady, I would encourage you to ask your mother, your grandmother, or another godly older woman, just to say, help me to be in the correct path in terms of desires. So that God can build into me what he desires. So that when I'm 70 or 80 or 90, even though my outward beauty is fading, there's a growing inner beauty for God's glory. A word of encouragement for you gals and you guys. Girls and thinking about marriage. Look first for a guy who loves God and respects his parents, especially his mother. Because he will tend to treat you as he treats his mother. And again, God works and changes us all. Guys, look for a gal who loves God, is developing a gentle and a quiet spirit, respects her parents, especially her dad. And I realize there's varying circumstances, you know, but uh, just, you know, as you look, look beyond the outside. Obviously, the outside is involved. Now, if you weren't interested in the outside at all, you wouldn't even take a second look. But think beyond the outside. As you look at the thrust of Scripture, you will find that God used in grace and perfect women, mothers for his glory. And you will find overall they had a correct desire. Well, they didn't arrive. They were not perfect. They had a lot of flaws. But their desire was, here's the way I want to go. I want to experience the Godhead. I want to have a growing, gentle, and quiet spirit, a purity, a reverence, a modesty. And you look at the women in Scripture, they blew it. But God in grace continued to work. And that's the amazing part about God. He takes us imperfect humans and in grace continues to work in our lives. If you think about the line of Christ, <coughs> Rahab the prostitute is in the line of Christ. If you think about the line of Christ, Ruth, the Moabite, is in the line of Christ. 
If you think about Timothy, there was a Lois, grandmother Lois and a mother Eunice in his life. No, just having an impact. We don't normally do this, but uh, I'm going to give a little opportunity. I'll give you a second to think. If you would like to share briefly a testimony concerning your mother or your wife, just thank God for her, things that God is doing in her life. You know, over time, we're not talking perfection or anything else, but just a word of testimony. You really appreciate your mother for you guys, your wife. No obligation, didn't give you any warning, but uh, you see them going in the correct direction and you just would like to publicly express that. We'll give you a brief opportunity before we pray together. Anyone like to share? Thank you. Anyone else? Bill. Thank you. Anyone else? I will publicly state I'm thankful for Ruth Ann, her love for God. I live with her, and I have seen a growing sensitivity to the Godhead, a purity and reverence, a gentle and a quiet spirit developing in her. Really thankful for you. Anyone else? Okay, let's pray together. Father, Thank you for mothers. Thank you for the young ladies represented here, the girls that are here this morning. My prayer and my desire for them would be, as they seek to be sensitive to you, that you will mature them and the sensitivity to you, to Christ, the Holy Spirit. You mature them in the inner person, the inner character. And Father, when we stop and think very much about 
people in the Bible and how you worked. We find that it's your grace at work in the lives of people. Your grace at work in the lives of young women, ladies and mothers. We thank you for that grace. And I pray for those represented here this morning. May they not get caught up in comparing themselves with others or comparing themselves with people in the Bible, but simply come back to you, Father, to Christ and the Spirit with a desire to be sensitive to you, to Christ, the Holy Spirit, as you work in their lives. Encourage them, Father. May they have a growing understanding of Christ as their life. I pray too, Father, that they may have wisdom from you to grasp the power that is at work in them through Christ. What that power looks like in their daily lives as they respond to perhaps siblings or to parents or to a mate or to children, or to grandchildren. May they not play into the devil's temptations to be always thinking they have to measure up, but to rest in Christ and the fact that he has begun a good work in them and he will continue it. Encourage them, Father, through your Spirit. May those who are older build into the lives of younger women how to walk with you. Those who are younger being open and sensitive to allowing older ladies or their own mother to build into their life in a profitable way. May we be a body that is encouraging girls and young ladies and women and mothers to walk with you. When we see growth, we see change, or there's a struggle or a difficulty just to come alongside and to love and to care for them. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.